1: Well, on Friday, the people of Ireland will go to the polls to vote on the upcoming abortion referendum. They'll be asked if they want to remove Article 433 from the Constitution, which reads, The state acknowledges the right to life of the unborn with due regard to the equal right to life of the mother, and it guarantees in its laws to respect, and as far as practical, by its laws defend and vindicate that right. And we are being asked to replace it with the wording, provision may be made by law for the regulation of the termination of pregnancies. We've been discussing this issue a lot, but this morning we are going to be Hosting our first debate on the forthcoming referendum. Already, lots of texts have been coming in with your questions for both sides today. If you want to text in a question, you can do so by texting into 087 888 9292, or you can tweet us at Spirit Radio IRE, and we will do our very best to get to some of your questions in the second half of the debate, which will be taking place uh, for most of the hour this hour. And joined with me in studio, I'm delighted to be joined in studio by Liam Herrick. He's the Executive Director of the Irish Council for Civil Liberties, and they are part of of the Together for Yes group, and Geraldine Martin, who's involved with Love Both. So it's great to have you both in studio with us this morning. Thank you both for joining us. Alim, I just want to start with you this morning. One of the things that I seem to be just reading and hearing about, and just as we've been doing various interviews on the show here, is for a lot of people that maybe they describe themselves as kind of being in the middle here, Uh, you know, they might be for abortion in, in some circumstances, But they kind of feel the the proposal of the no restriction up to 12 weeks, it just goes too far.
0: I mean, I think that is where the no side have tried to bring the debate. Um, There are, I think, a huge number of people in Ireland, perhaps the majority of people, that are, as you might say, in the middle ground. And the middle ground is probably a position where they recognise that pregnancy is complex, life is difficult, that there are difficult situations that arise. And they have differing views across the spectrum of the circumstances in which they believe that abortion should be available and how it should be regulated. And some of them are obviously uh, concerned with more liberal uh, provisions and some of them uh, may be in favour of more conservative provisions. That's absolutely true. And I think what any modern progressive society has to do is to try to find the appropriate balance and place on the spectrum. Do you
1: think the legislation has the balance? I I do.
0: I I think that it is very considered. Um, But we have our own social values in this country. We are our own society. And if you go down the road of dealing with the question of termination of pregnancy and abortion through legislation, you can do nuance, you can do complexity, you can do subtlety, you can do balance. If you do what Ireland did in 1983 and you put in a one-sentence clause into your constitution um, claiming that that will deal with all circumstances, then you take away the possibility of nuance and complexity. And I think that's where we are. So if we repeal on Friday we then hand over to our Parliament the possibility of striking an appropriate balance. The government has published what I think is a very fair and balanced uh, I want proposal. To, I want to go to Geraldine on,
1: on just a point that Liam has raised there. Geraldine, what about that, that the, the Eighth Amendment hasn't been fit for purpose and it's been quite problematic?
2: Wendy, um, I suppose my answer to that is, and I, I go back to the time when I was working as a nurse in the neonatal intensive care unit during my training in one of the maternity hospitals, and I was very struck by the tiny babies that were there and the level of expertise in terms of staff and also the technology that was put into saving their lives. And I suppose as somebody who trained in that particular area and to coin out my my work was always in relation to saving life, when I read the proposal that Simon Harris put forward, and I have it here with me, and it defines termination of pregnancy, and this is what we're voting on on Friday, as a medical procedure intended to end the life of the fetus. And what struck me as a nurse and somebody who kind of trained in the area I was very struck by the intention there, always throughout my training and throughout my work. The intention would be to save life and to make life a little bit better if you couldn't save it. But here it's a medical procedure intended to end the life of the child and that was deeply worrying for me and that's why I'm asking people, one of the reasons I'm asking people to vote no. But I would pick Liam up on a particular But is it point. fit for
1: purpose, the Eighth Amendment? Uh, th- that's the question. Yeah. I mean, that a lot of people will be arguing, saying it's not. And as Liam said, it's not, it's not fit for purpose and it has caused problems. Do you think that's the case?
2: Well, two things. First of all, the Eighth Amendment has saved many, many, many lives. And we hear, I mean, there was an independent actuarial study done which showed that. But not only that. You will hear very many people talking. Gavin Boyne, for example, the other day, who says that his life is owed to the Eighth Amendment the eighth amendment has allowed doctors practice in such a way that we are leaders in terms of maternal care we are ahead of britain we have fewer numbers of women dying for example we are ahead in terms of maternal health ahead of britain where abortion is widely available so doctors practice i mean doctors are on both sides of this debate because they have personal reasons for being but doctors have been practicing and we are leaders in terms of maternal care What concerns me as well is that we are being asked on Friday to vote for abortion in very extreme circumstances. Um, I mean we talk about for example part of the proposal involves voting on abortion for 12 weeks for any reason at all any reason and it will take place down in your local GP surgery now at 12 weeks the I want to just cut back
1: to Liam there and I will come back to you Geraldine Um, just about that uh, part of the discussion Liam that um, I think people will be worried that perhaps this legislation might lead to more abortions taking place how do we know that that won't happen
0: Well, I think, you know, in in terms of what may happen into the future, the first thing is that we will now have the power to strike our own balance and our own legislation and our own scheme. I'm very happy to debate the government's proposals and say why I think that they're a reasonable balance. But we have to start off on the point that the no side is essentially conceding now that they can no longer defend the status quo, that the Eighth Amendment did not do what it was promised to do in '83. It did cause the unintended consequences that the Irish Council for Civil Liberties and others predicted in 1983. And but they you now accept
1: the positives, that it has saved lives. No,
0: I wouldn't, because what we have had since 1983 is abortion in Ireland. It just happens in hospitals in Liverpool and London, and in recent years it's happening with abortion pills here. The, the, the promise, and uh, it was a false promise to the Irish people, and uh, which unfortunately they accepted at the time, was that by introducing this you would prevent abortion happening. And we know that that is one thing that didn't happen, that abortion did continue. It just meant that women had to undergo the hardship of travel. What
1: about that, Geraldine? I mean, if um, what you want to happen happens on Friday, if there is a no vote, what are we saying then? What is is your answer to those several thousand women who travel to england every year
2: what are we saying to them i'm very very conscious of the fact that nine women a day are traveling for abortions i'm very very conscious of the fact that women are getting abortion pills and that is something that concerns us all very deeply but what i would say is that these women have been abandoned by the state um simon harris has done absolutely nothing in terms of reaching out his hand to support these women I mean, it was 23 years, to the best of my knowledge, 23 years ago since since women were really asked in any proper way, why do you choose abortion over other options? And the conclusion of that study was that they chose abortion very often for financial reasons. These are reasons that can be addressed. I mean, when you think of it, we've had five private members' bills, citizens' assemblies, several rounds of rock this hearings, and it's all been about abortion. There are so many things that we can do for women, and a no vote is the start of that. For example, taking proper antenatal care, perinatal hospice care. For example, there are 20 to 30 homeless pregnant women on the streets of our cities. I haven't heard Simon Harris talking about this. He, essentially, that, that's just we're talking... Untrue. Well, could I just finish, please? What, 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 the, the fact of the matter is there are so many things that could be addressed rather than offering women the only option and that is ending the life of their child I think we both agree that women you know this is the, probably not what what women want to end the life of their child and I think you know that's something that But some women Geraldine are saying it is in certain circumstances what they want That wasn't shown up in the, in the Women in Crisis Pregnancy Report I'd say but what we're saying is a no vote is the start. Let's force the government to put in place a decent package of measures where women don't feel so vulnerable, don't feel so forgotten. And all of this, and in terms of the pills that, that you brought up, do you know it's it's it may, it be past, for example, the British Pregnancy Advisory Service, the biggest abortion provider in Britain, have said that the um, that there's a staggering problem with the importation of abortion pills in Britain. So this is not something that legalised abortion is going to address. We're not going in to vote on abortion pills on Friday. We're going in to vote, in, uh, just uh, on a procedure which involves the intended targeting of the life of the child and that's something as as a nurse as i said earlier something i i just find very worrying obviously
1: liam there's been lots of discussion and geraldine um you've you've uh, talked a little bit about the bill and there's been discussion about uh different time limits and things like that i know uh the together for yes group there's lots of organizations involved in that but some have said um they believe that abortion up to birth is reasonable what do you feel about that about time limits
0: well, I mean, the government proposal is very clear, and the government proposal emerged from the Citizens Assembly and then the Joint Oxfam Committee, and hearing evidence from a huge range of sources and studying the experience of different countries. Of course, it's a proposal, um, but it, I think it's fair to say that if the people vote for yes on Friday, the, government will be, the people will be giving an endorsement to the government's proposal, and it's likely the government will bring that before the Oireachtas. Um, how would
1: that work, though, from the people's perspective? So, as, as you've mm-hmm. mentioned, this is draft legislation, so it's an idea of what might happen next, yes. but how would people actually have any say... Um, other than it going into the the hands of government and then uh, there being back and forth between
0: parties. This has been one of the red herrings uh, in this debate that somehow we're handing control away from the people to the politicians who we elect on a regular basis, who we meet in clinics in Wicklow and uh, elsewhere in the country on a weekly basis in fact if this is handed over to the parliament like it is in almost every other democratic country in the world the people will have an ongoing level of control it's interesting for example i mean what's been proposed here is completely different to what's been what, what the law is in britain the law in britain dates back to 1967 and is actually very atypical in a european context but it's interesting that the only time that the law in britain has been reviewed and revised since 1967 was to make it more restrictive so did that work well, it reduced the term limit in Britain from 28 weeks to 24 weeks, which, of course, is imposed and is the law in Britain. Um, and, you know, you can have a different view whether that's a right or wrong thing to do, but that is a fact of what has happened. And but the is same that not be similar,
1: then, if it's tw- up to 24 weeks in Britain? Mm. How is that dissimilar to what's in the legislation?
0: Well, I, I, can, I can give the reasons in which it is different here. First of all, for the first 12 weeks, it is without specific reason but it's under medical control and there's a waiting period of three days which is not the case in Britain. Then between 12 and 24 weeks there is a test of serious risk to life or serious health risk to the the woman. But the difference here with Britain, and this is a very important difference, which the no-side has misrepresented consistently. In Britain, the test is whether continuing the pregnancy carries a greater risk than having a termination. And that test will nearly always be met because abortion can be safe and doesn't pose a risk to the health of the mother. That's a, a balance between the risks that come from one scenario and the other. The situation in Ireland is whether there is an objective serious risk to the health or life of the mother as assessed by a consultant obstetrician and another doctor. What's so your response to that, Geraldine? It's an objective Leem, and balanced. It's that, a different test completely. I
1: suppose that, that has been one of the discussions, is um, you know, looking at other countries and their experience when they've legislated for abortion. Liam is saying there is a difference between our proposal and Britain.
2: Our proposal is more um, extreme in, from the point of view that it allows abortion up until 12 weeks for any reason at all in other words there doesn't have to be a reason stated in Britain that is not the case so it is more extreme from that point of view and I would say that there are one in five pregnancies ended in abortion in Britain so for every four pregnancies every four babies born one child is aborted and there are 200,000 abortions take place there every year And 90% of babies diagnosed with Down syndrome in the womb are aborted. And I always like to think I live in a society that values equality and that values inclusion. And yet we see 90% of babies diagnosed with Down syndrome in the womb aborted, and it's closer to 100% in Iceland. Could I just say as well, in terms of the people not having a say, that Taoiseach himself has said that he won't tie the hands of future Iraqis members. So in other words, you know, this is something we are handing... We will not be asked about this issue again. There won't be any more referendums. There won't be any more votes on this issue. We are handing over total control of this issue to, um, t- t- to politicians. And that's something that worries me-, me terribly. I would say as well, Professor Jerry White and I'm just quoting, he said he considers that, uh, considers that the courts would have to interpret repeal of the Eighth Amendment as an unqualified decision to remove constitutional protection for the unborn resulting in abortion on demand. First uh, of White, as you know, is a, an expert in constitutional law and that is a very worrying sign. You know, sort of, this is abortion for any reason at all, up to 12 weeks. It's a, um, on, for unspecified health grounds up to 6 months and just as well, up until birth for the baby with extreme special needs. Now again for somebody who's worked in the whole area of healthcare, for the whole, in the whole area of saving lives, this is something I'm really asking people to consider very carefully to read the government proposal and to vote no on Friday.
1: Okay well we're going to continue our debate on the forthcoming referendum. If you just join me I'm in studio with Liam Herrick of the Irish Council for Civil Liberties. I'm part of the Together for Yes group campaigning for a yes vote in the forthcoming referendum and I'm also joined in studio by Geraldine Martin who's with Love Both campaigning for a welcome back to the second part of our debate on the forthcoming abortion referendum and I'm joined in studio by Liam Herrick who's the Executive Director of the Irish Council for Civil Liberties and they're part of the Together for Yes group campaigning for a yes in the forthcoming referendum and by Geraldine Martin who's attached to Love Both who are campaigning for a no in the referendum uh, thank you for staying with us in the studio Geraldine and Liam. Lots of people texting in questions to 08788 92 and I'm, I'm actually going to start with one of the questions because it was a question that I also wanted to ask. Um, Liam, this question is for you, and it's just in relation to the proposal that this is going to be a GP-led service. Uh, several questions have come in about just uh, how is it, is it going to work because GPs are already overstretched, mm-hmm. and in practical terms, how would, how would this part of the proposal actually work?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that, that there has been some discussion of that, um, and I think that there has been some speculation of what the, the numbers might be and as we can extrapolate from current levels of accessing terminations in the United Kingdom and use of abortion pills they've said it might be as much as one or two patients per week to, to per GP given the number of GPs that are likely to participate and there is a conscientious objection clause in this legislation which is important to acknowledge and that's a recognition of how sensitive this issue is. Um, so I think what the Minister has said is that he will work with the HSE to ensure that the necessary resources are available and there will will be a lead-in time, because if there is a repeal vote on Friday, uh, then legislation will be before the Oireachtas. We can anticipate that that will take a number of months. The government have said they hope to legislate by the end of the year. So there's a period of time for the HSE. Uh, Would it not have
1: been better to consider that before putting the question to the people to say, is, is this is this practical? Is it workable? I know evidence was presented to the government saying 40% of... Uh, early stage terminations can require surgical intervention. How will that work? Will that be practical in hospitals and things like that? Well, I mean,
0: I, I, I'm not an expert in terms of medical economics and in terms of the planning, um, but it would be I would think, given the sensitivity of these issues, it would be completely inappropriate to start making those types of preparations to prejudge the view of the people Uh, if it takes time of course it should take time and I I think it's important to understand as well that if there's a yes vote on Friday the laws that currently stands will remain in place the Protection of Life and Pregnancy Act will still be in force. So there won't be an absolute immediate urgency to change it but of course if the people speak on this issue it will be important that the government and legislation follow i just wanted to pick up though that before your your break wendy um there was a couple of points that margaret made that i think need to be corrected and the first one is in relation to this question of disability which has been a very important issue in the course of this debate she made reference to the fact that people with Uh, extreme special needs would be would be terminated uh, the pregnancies would be terminated up until the end of the pregnancy and that is not what the legislation says and this is a huge... What does the legislation say? What the legislation says is that where there is a condition likely to lead to the death of a fetus what is sometimes referred to as a fatal fetal anomaly. If there is a medical assessment that it is likely that the fetus is going to to die or cannot live more than a very tiny period of time after delivery then termination is possible in that circumstances. And what we know, of course, is that what the eighth has meant in Ireland is that these couples and these families with wanted pregnancies are forced to go through the trauma of travelling to other countries to have delivery of their babies. In
1: terms of, and and you've you've talked about it, Liam, just how we would move forward and how legislation we then proposed and looked at, but how how would that work? Because in other countries, I know, for example, those types of abortions... Are carried out under ground E because it's it's very hard to have a specific list of conditions and within ground E that's where abortion for other types of disabilities are also allowed so is that fear not justified that the same might happen here because you can't define a list of conditions that might end up being I
0: mean, this is a a question of of medical specialisation, and I think the the, the important protection here is in terms of there has to be a consultant obstetrician and another senior doctor making this assessment. So I think the view is that it's better, in primary legislation at least, not to prescribe an exclusive and definitive list that there may be other conditions. Mm -hmm. And, of course... um, There are some conditions where there may be a risk to the mother as well, so there may be a need to take uh, action earlier. Um, I mean, I will defer to medical expertise on that, and it is important to acknowledge that whereas there is divided opinion in the legal profession and the medical profession, 80% of consultant obstetricians are in favour of repeal the 8th. I think Dr Fergus Malone of the Rotunda Hospital made the point that there is divided opinion but most of the obstetricians that are on the no side... Where
1: does the ret- 80% figure come from?
0: That is the vote of the College of Consultants okay. and Obstetricians and Fergus Malone made the point that none of the, the obstetricians that are on the no side are currently in senior positions within the main teaching hospitals. Certainly the balance of medical opinion 35 years ago was very different. But now the clear majority of senior doctors are of the view that repeal is necessary. What
1: about that, Geraldine? And people who have been kind of following the debate closely will have heard, and and I accept on both sides there is different opinions from doctors, from midwives, from obstetricians. um, But there does seem to be a lot of senior obstetricians who are advocating a yes vote.
2: Could I just say, first of all, in relation to Fergal Malone. Fergal Malone, you you (coughs) may have heard his presentation to the Eurotlis Committee, and he spoke of abortion in terms of complex as well as fatal abnormalities. Now, that was something that worried me terribly in terms of equality, in terms of inclusion. Um, So he's entitled to his view. I I, I don't agree with it from that point of view. Could I just say as well, in terms of the Institute of Obstetricians, the Institute of Obstetricians does not reflect its membership. And you will remember, maybe last week or the week before, 17 consultant obstetricians called for Peter Boyd, in the chairman of the institute, to step down from his current position during the the the, the campaign. So there is very much divided opinion among the medical profession. The incident? fact, no, 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 no I, I didn't. I will let you, you come back. On Could that I just mean? say as well something very important? No woman has died because of the Eighth Amendment. Doctors can do can give women all and every necessary medical treatment. This is reflected in our maternal mortality figures. We are leaders. We have fewer numbers of women dying than countries where abortion is available. But is mortality, is the
1: the death rate is that not too low a bar to set, Geraldine?
2: Yeah, and when you look at the morbidity figures when you look at the health, uh, the morbidity report, we are also leaders. We are ahead of countries where abortion is available. So women do and should get all and every necessary medical treatment. But what's very important here is that termination of pregnancy is very, very different to what's being proposed. Women should get all necessary medical treatment and do. But what's being proposed is a medical procedure, the intention of which is to end the life of the child. That's what, and I would ask people when they're going in on Friday to bear in mind that that's what we're being asked to do. Could I just as well pick up a point there in relation to GP practices? This has not been thought through. GPs have not been consulted in relation to this. In terms of the whole area of conscientious objection, a GP is being forced to refer a woman who asks for termination onto a colleague. uh, uh, People who have difficulty in terms of this can't do that because they're implicit in the whole process then if, if a termination takes place. This is a child's life we're talking about. We can do better for women and we can do better for families. How? What what,
1: what's your vision then, Geraldine?
2: Our, our vision in a no vote is the start of this much better antenatal care, much better perinatal hospice care, for example, creche facilities. The whole area, for example, of homelessness needs to be looked at in a far more meaningful way. Um, the whole area for example of paternity, maternity allowance and leave and all the rest of it the whole area for example of I mean I'm very conscious for example of I, I want to go
1: to Liam now yeah. I know you're, you're anxious to get in Liam, what about that, do you think if we legislate for abortion that then there won't be as much impetus, impetus on the government to provide some of these supports that Geraldine is talking I, I about? Mean, I,
0: ha- I have to say and this isn't a criticism of Geraldine but, but I mean the, the, the level of hypocrisy among some people on the north side on this issue is, is quite startling I mean, there are many leading figures on the no side that have opposed contraception, that have opposed every reasonable measure to allow for abortion with regard to fetal anomalies or rape over the years, that opposed travel, that opposed information. I mean, you talk about conscientious objection, I think the same thinking comes comes true. Of course, doctors shouldn't be forced to take part in a procedure, but to say that doctors should not have to refer somebody to another doctor, in other words, deny a person the right to their legal right of access to health care is exactly the same mentality. They meant the pro life campaign in Ireland opposed information and opposed travel in nineteen ninety two. So many of those people that are on the no side, for example, the youth defence group, which is now the Life Institute, which has Save the Eight, um, effectively, they're all part of the same family organization. Well, of maybe
1: just because oh, Geraldine's representative, like, so can to attack another I, I, organization I'm very like clear and defend themselves. That, well,
0: I, I can just give a historical fact that some of the leading figures in that part of the pro life movement opposed the availability of social welfare to single mothers because they thought it would encourage bad moral behavior. So. It's great, to hear you, the concern uh, for, it's great to hear the concern for unmarried parents in crisis pregnancies now, but a lot of the same people, and this is not a criticism directly of Geraldine at all, but many people on the no side opposed all of those things. But over as you news. alluded
1: to yourself on another issue earlier, you said a lot has changed in 35 years and you're talking about obstetrics. So I would imagine um, for people on both sides of the campaign, many other things have also changed in the last 35 years. And there's, there's probably, well, uh, I don't know about Geraldine, but there's probably people again involved on, on both sides who weren't even born in 1983. Absolutely.
0: Many people, uh, and, and like yourself and myself, wouldn't have had the opportunity to vote in 1983. But some things haven't changed. And when the, when the real-life implications of the 8th are put to people on the North side, when they are asked, if a woman has been raped, including a child, would you force her to carry the pregnancy to full term or not? They obfuscate and won't address it directly. And when you put it that there are families that have fatal fatal anomalies who wish to travel... But couldn't the
1: government have legislated for some of these difficult cases? Well, there,
0: there are two answers to that question, Wendy. First of all, no because several attempts have been made and consistently Attorney General advice has been that not only is it not possible to legislate for rape under the Eighth Amendment, it isn't even possible to decriminalise it, because the constitutional protection given to the unborn child in the Eighth Amendment requires a serious criminal sanction to back it up. So legally, that is the clear position by several Attorney Generals over the years. But secondly, people on the no side have at 35 years to bring forward proposals on that issue But the reason that they haven't brought forward proposals in terms of rape or fetal anomaly is because they're against it. And the pro-life campaign, including Love Both and Save the Eighth, are both against allowing abortion where there has been a rape, even of a child. That is their considered position. And they don't want to clarify that to the people, but that is what they believe.
1: Uh, I'll let you answer on some of those points then, Geraldine, because there's been a lot of uh, questions there.
2: I'm very conscious that people at home are listening to this debate this morning and uh, you know, are probably you know, struggling with the issue. Uh, it's, it's an issue that people really worry about and they're voting on Friday and, and you know, we hear it at the doorsteps. People are very concerned about the cases you talk about, Liam. What I would say is that, first of all, you mentioned 35 years and you, you, know, you criticise various groups or whatever. What I would say is that many people in the pro-life movement have of themselves on a voluntary basis supported women. I'm thinking for example of women hurt by abortion these are a group of women who themselves regret their abortion and are deeply traumatised by it and have set up a group, uh, a voluntary group, to help women who are, who are suffering as a result of abortion. I'm thinking of the group One Day More, for example, who are there to help people facing the terrible diagnosis of a life-limiting condition in their child. I'm also thinking, for example, of somebody like AD Stack, who because her own baby died uh, very shortly after birth, she set up a perinatal hospice. So there are very, very good uh, people, but they're not the government, you see. And the thing about it is, the government have not reached out. They have provided one option, and that is ending the life of a child. And a no vote is the start. We can do much, much better for families. We can do much, much better for women who are facing the terrible, very, very difficult situations. But what I would say is this. I'm very conscious, as I said earlier, that people are worried about what way to vote. I'm also conscious that people are worried about those sad, tragic... They are rare, but they're very sad and tragic cases. And what I would say to the people is this, and many of these people are pro-life that are worried about those cases. I would say to people like that, vote no on Friday and ask the government to come back with, with a much better proposal.
1: What about the, that, Liam, that, you know, for, for a lot of people who are maybe sympathising with what Geraldine is saying, that if we look at experiences of other countries, many of the abortions... Are and I, I think it's it's acknowledged in in. Britain by BPOS I believe that they are what would be known as social abortions so not for a lot of the the difficult cases we've been talking about this morning and that 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 kind of jars with people
0: well there's one thing I'd agree very much with Geraldine on that there are a wider package of issues here but I think what you have to understand is that the government's proposal addresses some of the wider issues now we might have a slightly different view what the wider issues are but But you have
1: to kind of it's an all or nothing
0: no no the government proposal is not just about termination of pregnancy. The government is bringing proposals for better access to contraception. They're talking about free access to contraception. They're talking about improved sex education. And I think there's one thing that we can agree on. I think we would all like an Ireland in which the circumstances in which a woman felt the need to take, to take recourse to abortion would be minimised. I think we can all aspire to that. I actually believe that because of the society we have in Ireland, we can realistically aspire to continue to reduce the level of abortion in Ireland by improving access to reproductive health and improving sexual health. So you you
1: believe even though people will be able to to access abortion in most GPs across the country, it won't increase the The, numbers?
0: The international experience on this, and I think we need to get away from Britain because we are a different society to Britain. As is shown, for example, in the fact that when we introduced divorce here, we were told we'd have the same level of divorce as Britain. We have the lowest rate of divorce in Europe because we're a different society. Let's look globally. Let's look at the fact that Switzerland, that is one of the most liberal abortion laws in the world, has one of the lowest rates. But in it's Europe. still
1: higher than Ireland's current rate. It,
0: well, what is Ireland's true rate at the moment? I mean, we don't have a proper rate because it's invisible to the extent that there are women who give addresses to go to terminations in Britain, and there are women, uh, that take pills here. We don't know how many. But I think... Do, I, I think, do we know, Geraldine? I, I think what it's Ireland's reasonable to respect is that we could have a lower rate into the future.
2: The fact of the matter is that whenever abortion is legalised, the numbers increase, you know. I mean, that is the fact of the matter. The Swiss rate is twice three times the Irish rate, and, you know, we can go on with all the other countries. But you know what? The people at home, I'm sure, are tired listening to us talking about rates and tired listening to us, you know, arguing about all of this. And the fact of the matter is, when we go in to vote on Friday, we're not voting on the government's ancillary recommendations that Liam referred to. We're voting on whether we think it's all right to end the life of a child the definition is very clear in fairness to the government and I have it here in fairness to the government the definition is clear I have it here: termination of pregnancy, a medical procedure intended to end the life of the child. So Okay, it's we're, run,
1: we're running out of time, so I'm just going to get to just two texts from our listeners that I want to ask, and then you both will be given one minute to sum up your thoughts, so you will be able to get across your final points. So don't mm-hmm. worry about that. Uh, so uh, the first question uh, is for Liam, and it's and there's been a few questions um, really on this, uh, on this type of thing. Is it right to bring an abortion service when there are over four thousand children awaiting disability assessment? Um, Um, occupational therapy assessment. Uh, Anyway, text going on about waiting Mm. lists lists and overstretched health services. Obviously, the concern here is um, how much is it going to to cost and what other um, resources is it going to displace? And lots of questions of people just asking, if we're taking the right out of the Constitution, when should a baby be given rights?
0: Well, I think the the first point in terms of there is a price to provision of medical care and we are fortunate that the United Kingdom government has borne that price for a long time, but also the women of Ireland have borne that price. There are some women that haven't been able to financially access that service because of the need to travel. So I don't think it's sustainable for a modern democracy to continue to have its health care needs and its human rights needs met by another jurisdiction. But on the constitutional rights issue, and I think Margaret referred to uh, Professor Jerry White, a very eminent constitutional lawyer and a consistent advocate of the pro-life position. Uh, in terms of what will be the constitutional rights of the child after uh, a repeal on Friday. I would refer people to the article in the Irish Times by Ronan Keane, the former Chief Justice last week. Not a person who has ever taken a political position on this issue one side or the other, but who analysed the law. And he said that if there is repeal, what will happen is that the right of the unborn will become part of the common good. There will be a restriction on any provision of abortion in line with the common good, which is the position in other countries. And that restriction will be all of the regulations that are in our legislation. So the the, the suggestion that all... uh, that that I think Padre Tobin used a phrase last night, that the fetus will be a legal nullity, is just legally wrong. And that is... Absolutely endorsed by the Chief Justice, former Chief Justice, uh, several former Attorney Generals, former Supreme Court Judge Catherine McGuinness. So there is no legal difference of opinion on this. Professor Jerry White is very much in a minority in the interpretation he takes in the recent Supreme Court case.
1: Geraldine, I'm just going to go to you for your final question. Uh, again, lots of questions coming in along these lines, just asking you, is it reasonable that an embryo is given the same rights as a woman?
2: What we're voting on on Friday is not about uh, just an embryo. We're voting about a proposal to allow for abortion for any reason at all up to 12 weeks. This is a baby. ...who her heart is beating since 21 days. She's moving about, she has her fingers and toes, she has her face. Uh, this is about, uh, we're voting on abortion up to six months for unspecified health grounds. And we're voting on abortion up until birth for the baby with extreme needs ...or a terminally ill baby, and I would pick Liam up on that. This is a, term, a dying child who's terminally ill. You know, and a very sad... But this is abortion right up until birth for that child and we have to look at how it's defined as a medical procedure intended to end that child's life. That's what we're voting on. Okay. In relation to the lawyers I would say that 200 lawyers have said the opposite to what Liam has said. There are people as I said very much divided but what we're voting on is not restrictive. This is abortion on request for any reason at all up to 12 weeks and onwards.
1: Okay. I'm aware just to our listeners that you have sent in a lot of messages thoughts and questions. I will try to read out some of your opinions in the next hour when I have the chance to go through them because there has been very many of them if you've just joined us I've been chatting to Liam Herrick from the Irish Council for Civil Liberties with uh, Together for Yes campaigning for a yes vote and Geraldine Martin involved with Love Both campaigning for a no vote. I'd like to finish the debate by just uh, asking Geraldine and Liam to sum up their thoughts. Before we came on air we did a coin toss to decide who would go first and who would go second. So Geraldine, um, you are going to be going first and your minutes to sum up why you think people should vote no on Friday starts now.
2: Many people are conflicted about the difficult cases. But these very rare, sad, tragic cases are not what's on the ballot paper on Friday. This is not about abortion in limited or for special circumstances. This is a referendum about abortion on request for any reason at all up to 12 weeks and for unspecified health grounds up to six months and to birth for a baby who's terminally ill. This plan is so extreme that even Leo Varadkar himself, when he first saw it, said that it might be a step too far. As a nurse who's worked in the area and trained in the area of looking after children, I'm very, very conscious that the definition that we're voting on in- involves the intended ending of a child's life. We can do much better for families and we can do much, much better for families, er, for, for women, and the start of that is a no vote on Friday. So I would appeal to people to vote no. Leo, over to you.
0: I think when we look at what happened in 1983 and what we've seen over the last 35 years. A great number of good people in Ireland voted for the amendment in 1983 because they were told that it would solve the issue of abortion on a long-term basis. They were told that a simple solution was possible. But we now know that that's not the case. Those people acted in good faith, but they've now seen over the years that not hard cases, but just real life, has demonstrated that you can't deal with a complex issue in this way. We cannot continue to export our problems to the United Kingdom. We cannot continue to tolerate women being put through what so many women have been put through over the years in terms of wanted pregnancies that are terminated as victims of rape and all of the other complex issues of life. The Eighth Amendment was a morality clause. It was never about preventing abortion. It was about expressing a particular moral viewpoint, which we now know is flawed. If you believe that... Other people may need to make difficult decisions in different ways than you would make them yourself then you need to vote for choice and you need to vote to repeal the Eighth Amendment.
1: My thanks to our panellists today. I've been joined by Geraldine Martin of Love Both and Liam Herrick from the Irish Council for Civil Liberties who's also involved with Two Together for Yes. Uh, thank you to both Geraldine and Liam for a calm and respectful debate. I will get to all of your comments that you have texted in uh, during this debate because there is many of them to get to. And also we're hoping to have one more debate tomorrow on the issue before you are asked to cancel your vote on Friday.
0: Thanks for listening to our Spirit Radio podcast. Don't miss out. Subscribe today. Find out how at
2: spiritradio.ie.